Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. We've got the show's namesake, BJ Shea, on assignment. Sorry, folks, Atisha. But running the boards is Joey D's. Hey. On today's show, Joey and I will gush about, <laughs> gush, hey. about Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Uh, nice bloody adventure with mm. that. We will also get deep into talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Well... That was the title of it. And then we will get to the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. more. Or just search BJ Shay's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app. Odyssey. We will be there. Yeah, A-U-D-A-C-Y. I can spell it, and so can you. Yay. So, uh, yeah, that's how you check it out. If you have the old Radio.com app, it is now the Odyssey app. And then, uh, yeah, uh, magically you can find all of our podcasts and, like Vicky said, more. Uh, all of that fun stuff. Uh, we're going to get right into this because uh, we have a lot to cover. And the first thing up there is the Mortal Kombat movie. Joe and I caught it, and um, Vicky... Uh, I still want to see it. She wants to see it, but also there's a there, there's a, a little toddler running around that maybe doesn't want to see some... Uh, not as gratuitous as I, I really would imagine, but there is still some, some violence and some bloods and guts. Funny enough, I think he might enjoy it, but I probably shouldn't try. Yeah, be a little more responsible when it comes down to that. We don't need something along the lines of what BJ did with Joe when his youth was Starship Troopers. And I was scarred for life. Yes, Mm. you were. And that's why you just love all the blood and guts when it comes to Mortal Kombat. That's right. And I hate spiders. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Now, this movie is... It's interesting because it came out oh probably about about two weeks ago April sixteenth so we're going to be spoiling stuff yes uh, just because you can't help it when it comes down to this sort of thing and if you don't know the Mortal Kombat mythos essentially it is a a tournament is run to see who can control uh, Earth and all of the weird extra realms and really the big uh, it focuses on the rival rivalry between Outworld and Earth. Outworld wants Earth, and after the 10th uh, win in a row, they get a chance to take over Earth and invade, and it's all fun and games, and Shang Tsung gets to, uh, I don't know, be a top dog when it comes down to it. And uh, this takes place now that they've won nine. And Mm -hmm. so they're trying to get that, and they're going all around it a little cheaty because they're bad guys. They're bad guys. Mm -hmm. they got to cheat. Yeah, yeah. So, oh man, dude, this movie is so funny because it's you know when the movie came out originally, right? There mm-hmm. weren't a whole lot of video games. Yeah, so you did they didn't have a lot of like storyline or character development. But this one, you can tell, is a lot more catering to that whole uh, blood and guts and fatalities, and the storyline doesn't really matter, kind of a thing. It's it was and essentially when it comes down to video game movies uh, or even video games in general, it's a very thin plot, especially a fighting game, just to get everyone together to fight on all these weird random um, locations and all the uh, different ways to go about all of it. You don't need a very strong plot. You need a little bit of a plot. So um, this one really helped out in that because we had a, uh, a young man named Cole who uh, was our kind of newbie going into it. So he was, did... We've also seen in uh, Deadpool 2. Yeah, I didn't realize that till today that he was Shatterstar. <coughs> yep. Which is 
friggin' fantastic. And if you don't know what happened to Shatterstar and Deadpool 2, go watch it. He didn't last very long. <laughs> um, so yeah, so he plays Cole, who uh is an MMA fighter who's doing kind of uh, I guess like street fights backyard almost and like uh underground street fights i should say not backyard um but he's really good at getting his ass kicked yes very good at it actually <laughs> um but also not winning his fights uh he seems a little old a little washed up when it comes down to it has a family and is trying to uh, you know do what's best for them for 200 bucks a night when it comes down to it Lo and behold, people seek him out. First off, we see Jax because, well, uh, Cole has this really cool tattoo that sort of looks like the, well, absolutely looks like the dragon logo for Mortal Kombat. And he Mm. thinks it's a birthmark, and that's no birthmark. No, that would be really interesting if it came out as a birthmark like that. My birthmarks just look like fish food, the little flakes. (laughs) Like, come on. Right, like, I don't have anything cool that looks like that. I know some people might have, like, one that looks like a state or something on a map, but nothing as intricate as this, uh, this Mortal Kombat symbol. And, well, of course, suddenly Jax has one as well, and as we go to find out this is the calling of the tournament and usually people will get it later on um, for some reason whether it be killing the original person who had the mark in it getting transferred to you or in Cole's case it's based on his lineage yes and you, the whole idea is that these tattoos find the strongest warriors in the realm that they are in and, and then they compete in this tournament mm-hmm. and so yeah you get with that and you kind of get down to uh, and that's really the flimsiest thing that they get it that's how they call everyone of course Shang Tsung I called him a cheating cheater who cheats because now they're going around with their evil assassin Sub-Zero to kill all of the Earth's combatants before they can participate in the tournament. Like, that's the one fun part about this movie. They never get to the tournament. No, and everyone complained about it. And I'm like, well, you know what's going to happen if you go to the tournament. You've seen the other Mortal Kombat movie because if you haven't, you have no idea what's going on. Yeah. And, yeah, <laughs> I feel like at that point it's like, no, this is the 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 original 1995 Mortal Kombat movie is the sequel to this one. It's not. It's not. No. No, but, but it would be fun to do that. Yeah, this movie was great for that exact reason. In the first scene, you think, wow, they're going to take this in a really serious you know way, which is going to be weird because I was not expecting a serious Mortal Kombat movie. And then like five minutes later, there's absolutely no plot, and they just go from fight scene to fight scene. Yeah. But that's what you want. Like, Why would you ever want a deep, connected story where you're like, oh, I'm going to get a rich background of these characters? One, there's too many characters. Absolutely. Two, half of them have to die. It's Mortal Kombat. It's like uh, going into watching The Hunger Games and assuming your favorite character is going to stick around. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't happen. And and three, all I want is insane CGI and choreography. And that this movie delivered. Oh, absolutely. And it's one of those things that you're like watching this and you're like, oh, that's cool, that's cool. But they're doing nods to the video game and of course a couple of times it's uber cheesy whenever they use any of the 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 sounders like finish him or fatality or flawless victory i roll my eyes but when they're doing a lot of like the the characters moves when you see them or when they do some of the actual fatalities that are in the mortal Kombat uh video games i i was grinning like a dummy Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that, I, that's the thing. And, and Kano. I mean, can we talk about Kano? <laughs> Josh Lawson played Kano, and this was one of the greatest portrayals ever of a character, like a video game character, because 
He stole every scene he was in, sometimes in epic, subtle fashion. Yeah, I mean, you just sit there and you laugh because everyone's like, oh, he was supposed to be a serious cutthroat. And I'm like, but that's not what Video Game Kano would be. You know, yeah. Video Game Kano would be funny and out, you know, way over the top, not want to be there. Like, he, there wouldn't make any sense. Like, yeah. he's the bad guy among good guys. And you already know he's going to be a bad guy. Because you've seen the other parts of the movies. And it was fun, too, in just the aspects of, like, you mentioned uh, how many characters they have. Uh, first off, they have a ton of characters in the movie, but there are I, – I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there are triple-digit characters in the Mortal Kombat universe because I, I even tried afterwards. To, I went online, and I was looking up YouTube videos of Mortal Kombat fatalities because I wanted to see all of them and how they've progressed from the beginning of it to what they have now. And there were a couple of videos that were over two hours long Whoa. of just, and it was literally just, okay, break it down to dun, 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 finish him to the fatality. So it was probably each of them being like, you know, like a 15 second clip over two hours long with the amount of fatalities, the amount of characters. So the fact that they were able to kind of make a good story with the amount of characters they had and still incorporate a lot of that fun stuff was frankly quite amazing. Yeah, and this is one of those weird ones where I think the next movie is going to be way better because now that they've kind of established the world a little bit and the funniness of it, and if people are interested, I think that the next one with Johnny Cage is we hope to be a, a great actor who will fill him in because we get yeah. the kind of spoiler at the end. I, I mean, oh, dude, it, it could be really good. And they do a lot of different things in terms of, like, they're introducing a lot of the kind of interesting palette swapped ninjas that were in the game. So you would have like uh, Sub-Zero and Scorpion obviously have a rivalry, but when they were made for the game, it was because they needed more characters. So they just literally swapped the colors and just had the guys doing whatever the same movements and just separated them. Um, another one in Mortal Kombat 2 was introduced was Melina and Kitana. Nice. And Melina's only in this one. So you get to see her, but that just means that they're able to kind of add some more stuff later on because she is the sort of half-twin sister of Kitana who has a major, major role when it comes down to the Mortal Kombat storyline in the video games. So they're leaving it open to bring her into it because they've done all of it very well while still brutally murdering a lot of the characters. Yeah, and Goro was in the movie the last time during the uh, during the tournament. I'm wondering yeah. if they kill a Goro in this, this Mortal Kombat. I'm wondering if that's just the race of Goros or whatever it is. There is a race of Goros. Are those and they, the ones with the big arms? Yeah, with the all four the arms. arms. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so, yeah, he was in this, which I was surprised um, just because it was in the video games. He was uh, the second to final boss before Shang Tsung. So it was like, oh, um, OK, well, he's not going to be like the like the big muscle for Shang Tsung specifically. So I was kind of surprised when it came down with that. Um and I was surprised when they killed him. Yeah. It looked cool. It looked badass. And it was very, very pivotal for Cole's story for them to do it. Yeah, definitely. That's why I was shocked, too. I'm like, wow, he's gone already. But they kind of alluded to they might bring him back anyways. And it's also, I'm like watching this and like, I want the whole franchise. I want the whole franchise <laughs> because like the first one is obviously the first tournament. And this is kind of covering all of that. It's pre-tournament. But this is really kind of what happened in the storyline for the first one. The second one, everyone uh, has to travel out out to Outland. Yes. So it's a lot of dealing with all of that where 
we're going to see a lot more stuff. And there's more forearm shenanigans and more like centaur beast monster guys. That'll be the sort of kind of big bads when they get down into that sort of stuff. Um, and then the third one in the in the video game is when uh, basically Shao Kahn, which you don't see in this, and Shang Tsung uh, end up taking over and winning. So oh. I could see the second movie even being something along the lines of an Empire Strikes Back type where the bad guy wins, or even an Infinity War if you need something a little bit more recent. So... I, I, I want to see this be a full franchise. I want this to make as much money as humanly possible when it comes down to it so we can get a full franchise. Yeah, I'd definitely watch a second one. I really only had one complaint with this movie. Ooh, what's that? And that is that the trailer spoiled that Scorpion was going to come back at the end. Because in the begin in the trailer, they have him do all the cool moves. Yeah. And like, that's weird they'd have all that in the trailer but not show any of it in the first part. And yeah, you're right, because I was like, oh, I wonder when they're going to bring out Scorpion. And it was, they pushed him coming out to the reveal to the very end. And yeah, uh, I, I thought the fight between him and Sub-Zero was fantastic and really needed to be that final fight. Yeah. So that was really worthwhile when it came down to it. And uh, I, I do like the fact also that they didn't have Shang Tsung do any fight but also show off how powerful he really, really is. Yeah, he just kills a character, and you're like, all right, he's leaving. Yeah, and uh, I was kind of disappointed when that character died because I thought he was, was cool. Awesome. Yeah, I know. And also provided the best fatality when it came down to it. Wow. Yes. And, like, I, I was talking about how I had to go back and watch a bunch of the fatalities because they really do incorporate some of the most ridiculous ones, like turning his Frisbee hat into a table saw. Yeah, or uh, <laughs> what do you call it? Luke Hang's fire dragon? Yes. It was freaking dope. Which is great because in the second, like, Luke Hang was interesting uh, in that he was the main character really when it came down to the uh, the first movie and also the uh, 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 the video game because he was the one who was a little more pure, didn't even have a real fatality until Mortal Kombat 2. He just did a really big uppercut. Uh, but then in the in the second one, he did turn into a dragon. I like how they incorporated that with just having a big fire dragon because he could already breathe fire. Yeah, that was my favorite part. There really isn't a main character in this in this movie. Like, mm-hmm. All the characters are just always involved, so you don't really get bored, and then it just goes to fight to fight. Yeah, and they did something that was brilliant, which was do um, when they, when everyone kind of paired off to do their fights, uh, it was cutscenes to each one. So there was always action, and they could keep the pace and the excitement just continual. continual because when you're watching a movie where it's like two people pair off to fight, and they're like, okay, yo, next tournament. Yeah, that's great. But you have to have the, the, the slowdown of the pace between each one of those. And that's where you're trying to cram the story in. And they're like, no, we'll do story, we'll do story, and then we're going to get into some big fights. And then at the end, they're just like, no, this is the big knockdown, drag out, just get into there. Uh, above and beyond everything, super loved it all. Uh, highly recommend it. Um, if you have a chance to go see this in a theater, I feel that it would be really good. I think the sound, uh, the sound, the music will be, and uh, just all the CGI and all the graphics will make it way more fantastic. Moving on from that, we do need to talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yay. And yes, uh, it. It completed the six-episode arc. If you haven't watched it, it is all available for you to binge on Disney+. And, man, looking back on it, I don't necessarily think I want to really go into it, but I wish I would have binged it. 
like been able okay. to binge it because it's a it feels like it was a six hour movie or at least maybe a three or four hour movie, ba- uh, you know, going down with the, the six episodes. But I want to hear you guys' thoughts on it. I liked it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I I definitely cried during this. It was the, oh. the perfect balance of like action and heartfelt stuff, especially with the way the world is now, just like the message they're sending it was really, really awesome. I really enjoyed it. And I can't wait to see more of these characters in the next uh, season. And it was really like, I didn't know, first off, I didn't know what to expect in this episode because I think on last week we were talking about, it's like, I don't remember what they're going to fight about. And then I remember, oh yeah, the Flag Smashers had taken people hostage. We still have to resolve all of that. Yes. So it's like previously on and I'm like watching, like, oh yeah. There were some reveals where I'm like, I'm not surprised. Like what? Uh, the U.S. agent yeah. being a thing. Yeah, we kind of expected that to happen with uh, Princess Contessa Banana Fana Fofessa. Banana Hammock. Yep. Anywho, <laughs> uh, I was also not surprised when they announced that we have a double agent, Carter. I know. I'm yeah. Not surprised. Ooh, I like that double agent, I, Carter. I, I saw it on a meme. Don't, don't give me credit. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and... I, like the, her being uh, Sharon Carter being the power broker was like the worst kept secret ever. Right. Like it I just, think it was just too obvious. It wasn't subtle. And it was just like oh she's like oh yeah I have access to all of these satellites. I'm like then you're the power broker because who the hell is just gonna randomly have all of that? Especially if you're just selling a bunch of art and crap. Yeah. And that doesn't make sense. So, yeah, that was kind of not a surprise whatsoever when it happened. And when it was the reveal, uh, yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. There it is. The big thing was was when she got pardoned with the after credit scene and she's walking away talking to someone being like, oh, now look at all the access to secrets and all the stuff that we have now. People are speculating, well, who is she talking to? And, of course, everyone's going from, you know, like, oh, she's a scroll to Mephisto to oh, yeah. It's always else. Mephisto. Yeah. I, I personally, I feel like if we're going to go on the rampant speculation, she's just calling back to her, her, her contacts in Madripoor. Like being mm-hmm. like, hey, guess what, guys? Y'all going to owe me some money because I'm going to be selling some secrets. Where's my money? So that's kind of where I felt that was going. That wasn't going to be a huge conspiracy at this point in time. But, I mean, it's Marvel. Mm-hmm. Like, they have plans that have been laid out there for so far, we don't even know. And I even saw an article that stated that they have movies already planned and in the works that haven't been announced yet. Yep. So don't don't be surprised if you see something more coming along and Sharon Carter becomes essentially maybe a, a bigger bad than she is now. Isn't that kind of what they're saying, that there's going to be a Captain America 4 led by uh, Sam Wilson? Yes, Captain America 4 is in development at Marvel Studios, which is, uh, they waited until the end of this uh, uh, episode. episode to let you know about that. And because even, it is no longer Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, that was so cool when it just said Captain America and the Winter Soldier mm-hmm. at the end. I, I, I got goosebumps right now thinking Aww. about it. So, yeah, it was really super cool how it went down. Although the one thing I, I, I will say, not disappointed, but I was expecting it to happen and it didn't. And maybe it's cause I wasn't maybe I didn't pay attention to it correctly. Um, but there's a part where he yells out Joaquin. And I thought we were going to see, you know, Torres come in with wings oh yeah because i remember him saying joaquin but then um bucky says hey wings like air is your thing man yeah and that's when he, he breaks out into captain america wings 
However, I thought he said Joaquin. So maybe he was like on the sidelines helping with some programming or something. But I honestly thought we were going to see him in that moment. Yeah. And we've stated before that he eventually does become the Falcon. Falcon, So he'll be someone I think that is still going to be in that. Um, I love the fact that they did bring back Red Wing. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a robot, so you can do that. You can make right. another one. So it works out on that. Um, some people were kind of making fun of Captain America's new costume. and It, it, it looks awesome, especially when you know it is super comic accurate. Yeah. Because not every comic accurate costume is going to look good. No. Wolverine, yellow spandex. That's <laughs> all you got to say. <laughs> and Exactly. And that's why with the original X-Men they went with the black leather. Mm-hmm. Because they, did, they they wanted to take it a little more serious than Goofy Yellow is going to do. That being said, I also, I think uh, somebody pointed out in that U.S. agent's costume has no white on it. And white in the American flag signifies purity and I think innocence. Oh, because it's just the black and red. Yeah. Mm, or do they... At least the midnight blue, maybe, but right. yeah, but super the, deep. But there is a lot of white in Sam Wilson's Captain America costume. Exactly, and I, I really loved, I, I loved it. I loved the costume. I loved the fact that, yes, everybody, his suit is made out of vibranium because Duh. he needs it because he doesn't have the super soldier serum. That and it was from Wakanda. Yeah, so it's kind of duh. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was the one thing too. When everyone said that, it's like, oh, of course he's gonna have vibranium. Um, it was also really great to see that uh, John Walker's shield, uh, his iron shield, just does doesn't hold up, which absolutely makes sense and is a perfect allegory to the entire season as well, mm-hmm. or at least his character development. That like shield you're not is as good as you think you are, honey. Totally, exactly. Um, I was surprised that he got kind of a a, a little bit more of a redemption, like. He still straight up killed a dude. Like I have a, I like I just have a feeling that people are still going to be bringing that up as it comes mm-hmm. along down the road. That was surprising to me that they decided to take that character on not a revenge plot at the end when he decides to save the hostages as opposed to go for the terrorists. I really thought that was out of character and came out of left field and not great. You but, know, you know, I mean, he does have that roid rage kind of vibe to him, especially since he took the serum. However, what is the thing that really gets gets him off, if you will, is uh, to be looked as a hero. Yeah. And that was a very easy thing for him to do in that moment to look like a hero. No, it's true. I was just very surprised. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if it was I bad was, necessarily. I was surprised, too, but like, I, I make sense why they did it. Exactly. It would have been too obvious for him to just continue being the bad guy. Do you guys have any final thoughts on this before we get out of here? Mm, I wish I was invited to that cookout. That was amazing. <laughs> also, uh, following some of the amazing people on TikTok, everyone was like, why did only Bucky bring the cake? And uh, do you remember the TikToker's uh, name? She's apparently uh, she's been TikToking for a while all about this. And she freaked out because Sebastian Stan yeah. actually like liked and like kind of he, he shared it in his stories, one of her videos. Exactly. And she's losing her mind about it. But she's been super on point when it comes down to um, dealing with a lot of the um, the issues that um, both Bucky is going to have. But also um, she's ex-military and she's a person of color. So she's been able to really kind of identify with everything that's been going on with it. So her name is Nick. Like it's N I C Q U E Marina. And yeah, so if you. She is hilarious. She does a really good job like running it down. And then when people ask questions, she's like, nope. Like I understand that whole like, oh, this is this injections for tetanus. Like I I had someone actually do that to me. Yeah, yeah. I don't don't know. I don't know. Exactly. But she is, her rundowns are hilarious.
serious? Absolutely. Yeah, I thought this uh, series ended up being better than I thought it was going to be. And you were kind of uh, slow to uh, kind of get on the train when it comes to it. Yeah, I gave him a little bit more of a break. I think COVID really did uh, shorten this series and kind of left us a little bit wanting. Right? I feel like if this was eight or ten episodes, this would have been you know up there in terms of one of some of the best Marvel products because the message was there. I think they did mm-hmm. a great job with the whole displacement of people after the blip and how that affects the world and then yeah. the speech. Like That all really ties in well with Specialty Today. Absolutely. But I heard that they literally were filming in Prague when COVID hit and then they had to stop and then go film things in Georgia. Which oh. makes sense if you mm-hmm. think about a lot of those longer scenes. A lot of them are on the boat yeah. or him training. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... If you look at it, I look at like what they're trying to do. I give them an A plus. I think it was a very well done series. Right. Nice, yeah. I give it a solid A as well. Like I said, I don't know necessarily if I want to go back and revisit it because it didn't have necessarily like all of those like little subtle Easter eggs mm-hmm. that uh, a lot of people are looking for when it comes to it. But it was a great launching off point for these characters moving forward in Phase Four, and it's taking characters who were maybe like Tier One point five or Tier Two up into that Tier One where they need to be. I am very excited to see more of Zemo. Like, is oh, it's not, yeah. not a surprise that he had something to do with that bombing of the, fa- oh, what is the flag smashers. But he's such a, like... It took me a second to realize who the butler was. Like, when it was happening, I was like, who is that old fart? I was like, oh, okay. Zemo's butler. Now that makes sense. Oh, yeah. But Zemo is just a funny, just an interesting character. Yeah, Is he a bad guy? Absolutely. But does he have good moments? Yes. Exactly. He's he's nuanced, which is yeah. what you need in a villain. Um, all in all, really do love this uh, series. Uh, but now it is time to get to... The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. What do you got, Vicky? So we, it's fair to say that we're excited for uh, another season of uh, Captain America. Oh, my, yes. And the Winter Soldier. Or yeah. even just Bucky Barnes, because I don't... He's not really. Yeah, he's not soldier. the Winter Soldier anymore. It should be Captain America and the White Wolf if you if it would be anything else. Oh, is that a superhero name? Uh, well, it was his Wakandan name, and that was oh. what they were calling him at the end of it. He's the White Wolf. And even the uh, the creators also said like that is he's no longer the Winter Soldier anymore. And so that was the one thing I wish they did change. Right. That being said, let's continue to talk about them, but. <laughs> They're comic versions. Oh, okay. Uh, so CBR, which is uh, comicbookresources.com, came out with a list of 10 things you didn't know about Falcon and the Winter Soldier's relationship in the comics. Oh, really? Yes. So number 10 being that the events of the Civil War actually played out a little different from the MCU. Really? So uh, you, we, we remember Captain America Civil War was one of the most action-packed and entertaining Marvel movies of the past decade. But in just like the movie, Sam Wilson once again teamed up with Captain America in the comics going against the government. However, the governments took a very tragic twist in the end when Steve Rogers was assassinated by the mind-controlled Sharon Carter, Agent 13. Mm-hmm, I and remember this that, yeah. led to a dramatic change in the mantle of Captain America where Bucky Barnes took over. Oh. So that's when Bucky, because I mean, I knew okay. that Bucky was Captain America at some point. I forgot. But I didn't realize it was at that point point in time yeah that was a pretty epic uh ending to all of that and then apparently like i mean the way comic books you know go uh captain america wasn't actually assassinated he was in some sort of like negative zone or whatever mm-hmm. dimensional portal or something like that it's whatever way they can explain that oh this character who you thought was dead wasn't actually dead and yet is out of commission for x amount of time no one is ever dead no no they're not uh number nine saying they had a warmer relationship in their own series so in the movies and in, and obviously in the show, 
They aren't exactly two peas in a pod, but deep down, they probably really do care about each other. We could see it. It's not not obvious. Uh, the comic book series Falcon and Winter Soldier, which ran into 2020, uh, 2020, was the very first collaboration of the two heroes in the comics, and it didn't uh, definitely didn't disappoint. However, unlike the on-screen relationship that involves a refusal by both of them to admit that they are friends or that they care about each other, the comic gives a pair a much warmer connection as they track down a bunch of Hydra operatives who tried to kill Bucky. Well, so they're more homies in the comics. Well, this is just the first season as well. Right. They got to work at being homies. It's just not like, boom, magically you're homies just because you uh, share a bond with Steve Rogers. But even the fact that they went so far after they had like their... Talk, uh, what is it, their heart to heart yeah. uh, before uh, Sam goes into training mode. He's just like, no, nah, we're, we're friends. You know, we, we have a mutual friend. It's like, well, that friend's dead. It's like, we're acquaintances. We're, we, we know each other. <laughs> it's like, they didn't want to admit that they were friends. We're just two guys that know each other. Uh, number eight, kind of what we talked about. Number 10, Bucky Barnes became Captain America before Sam Wilson. Number seven, Sam Wilson also took on the Captain America mantle. Obviously later on, but this was in the all-new Captain America comic book series from 2015. Um, Sam Wilson uh, becomes the latest version of Captain America after Steve Rogers suddenly loses his super soldier serum and becomes an old man. Unfortunately, Bucky wasn't there to help Sam because he was out saving the day in outer space, as Marvel heroes do. Space! So that's why he became Captain America and Bucky was not. (laughs) I just love Joe's look. He's like, Bucky went to space? I feel like every character goes to space, and yeah. in my head, I don't know why I'm like, they don't go to space. And then I thought about it, I'm like, wait, the last movie, Spider-Man literally goes to space. Right. Yeah. Everyone. In the uh, X-23 comics, there's a part where she hangs out with the Guardians of the Galaxy, and they have to take really? care of some stuff. Yep. That's funny. Uh, and that's when uh, Rocket Raccoon actually gives her a universal translator for their actual Wolverine pet. I think his name is Jonathan. <laughs> Jonathan. So they give him a translator so they can talk to Jonathan. Oh, no. Uh, Hoskins was actually meant to be a new version of Bus- Bucky Barnes. So Hoskins being Lamar. Yeah. Uh, who, you know, spoiler alert, does mm. not make it past the season. Yeah. So Falcon Winter Soldier introduced plenty of new characters. And we got Battlestar, which is Lamar Hoskins, uh, with John Walker, the n- briefly named mm-hmm. Captain America, and they were both portrayed really well on screen, but the key difference in the comic book is that uh, the MCU version of Battlestar, he was actually meant to serve as the new version of Bucky alongside the new Captain America, which actually which didn't happen, but it still adds layers to that Sam-Bucky dynamic. I think it, it was better that they made him the wingman. Yeah. As opposed to, um, you know, like, because you can tell they, it wasn't really like, hey, you are the new Bucky because they didn't bring him out on parade. They yeah. didn't like showcase mm-hmm. him, with, which granted, that kind of highlights all the other undertones that the show was trying to show. Absolutely. Uh, the Winter Soldier has a pass with the Thunderbolts, which is the big thing like everyone's thinking. Yeah. And that was kind of a surprise. Uh, I guess, I mean, obviously, like when you get with like WandaVision and we realize there's not, they're not going to be showing off any future big bad sort of thing going on with it, that it makes sense. And I wasn't really expecting to see, you know, uh, uh, General Ross, like, you know, coming out mm-hmm. of the woodwork at the end of it. So it, it made it a little bit easier to uh, deal with all of the speculation. Uh, actually, number four, they actually didn't interact too much with each other in the comics. So other than, you know, the occasional like battle they had to fight together or, you know, passing of the shield, if you will, um, where Bucky helped Sam or s- some of the other major battles where the Avengers teamed up. Um, the two barely exchanged many words in the comics. I think this is probably before their their series together. Yeah. Um, they teamed up when facing the Red Skull. Uh, which is number three. Number two, Sam Wilson's origin story had little to do with Bucky in the comics. So 
Yeah, I mean, (laughs) he wasn't really needed at that point. No, so in Captain America number one through six was a game changer for the Captain America saga as Sam Wilson finally became Cap after Steve Rogers suddenly grows old and weak. And the series became especially notable thanks to the dramatic reveal of Falcon's true origin, which is um, he was actually under control of the Red Skull thanks to the Cosmic Cube and his memories were altered so that he thought he used to be a villain. And this revelation was very impactful and made Falcon question everything, especially since Red Skull is a massive foe to Captain America. And the comic series is nevertheless a great one written by Rick Remender and definitely changed the whole dynamic of Sam Wilson's character. So I that's pretty crazy. Like that the Red Skull had more to do with them in present time. But granted, I think this might have been a while yeah. back. Anyways. And the Red School in the cinematic universe is just on what, Voyermir or whatever, where he's like guarding the yeah, stone. Yeah, the soul stone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Which, that was. Who knows if he still is because is the soul stone not a thing? I don't know. I don't know how that all works. Exactly. And it's also, I mean, really, the only reason why they kind of had to shelve uh, Red School at that point is because uh, uh, Agent Smith. The, Hugo. Yeah, Hugo Weaving. Thank you. Couldn't, uh, uh, didn't want to revisit the character anymore. And so that's like how he is with almost everything. It seems like yeah, yeah. He's like I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to talk about it. Bye. Yep, he's done with it and uh, just moved on. So they even got the guy who played Aaron in The Walking Dead to reprise the role at least for the small parts that he had in Endgame and Infinity War and nailed it. I could barely tell the difference. Exactly. Right? I mean, prosthetics go a long way with that. But he even got the cadence and everything right. with it. So it worked really, really well. Um, yeah, but that was really essentially why I think they didn't have way more Red Skull when it comes down to mm-hmm. it. And number one is that their team-up was extremely bloody. So when they first got together in their first comic series, uh, they they needed to uncover the identity of a new Hydra leader who was at large and announced a terror attack on the rest of the world. The series is surprisingly bloody and brutal compared to what is usually seen in the comics, which is perfectly suits the Winter Soldier and his relationship with the Falcon. And the action-packed spectacular is definitely worth a read, especially since it was heavily inspired by the on-screen relationship between the two characters. Really? That's cool. So it might be worth checking out. It's uh, the 2020's Falcon and Winter Soldier comic series. Awesome. Yeah, I know a lot of people do uh, really want to get deeper into the lore between the two, especially after this awesome, uh, awesome season. And, you know, yeah, I do hope that they're going to have more with it as they move along. We'll have to see how that goes. And uh, also, let us know how you felt about Mortal Kombat. Did you like it? Did you hate it? Let us know because, I mean, it is dividing a lot of people. But uh... Mm. until next time, guys, stay nerdy.